this dude was eating some wheat checks at my house and he's just like, hey, what what's in that? <laughs> it is so, oh, what's in that? <laughs> like, what you doing with your hands? I don't know. What what's in that? Then this dude, this dude's eating these scones. This guy's like, that motherfucker's dipping. Uh, pumpkin bread uh, dog treats into a cup of coffee. <laughs> his legs crossed all cool like this. He's like, man, the, take your time, man. I'm just dumping these little little dog treats in fucking coffee and, and just enjoy that. Like, mmm. Oh, you know how it sticks in there. Oh. oh, yo, break. He's got a break. What's up, guys, man? On today's show, special guest on the Part 3 podcast, creator of the George... I'm sorry. Let me do that again. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Part 3 podcast. Jesus. I'll do it. Welcome, everybody, to the Part 3 podcast. Welcome, creator, uh, star, writer, maybe one of the only two people who have a successful situation comedy in 2002 and then come back in 2022 with another popular sitcom on another network with my daughter. Please welcome George Lopez. <laughs> we got to do the golf clap. We got to do the Thank golf you, man. No, Thank seriously, you so George, much. listen, man. The Par 3 Podcast, you know, I'm excited to have you on. No shot is out of bounds on the show. I want to start the show off with Stephen Mabba These J.R. Smith. Huge fans, my God. We just said it. I mean, you know, golf is such a, such an eclectic sport that brings people together. I've loved this cat from the beginning, man you know, and been supportive of his gear and, and he's been great. And you have been a big fan of basketball. Congratulations and everything. And then I asked you, I said before, I, I wish you to become a pro because it would make all of us very happy. No, I appreciate you know, it. And I'm it's working. good for the game. Yeah. Yes, and you, I started you in this fucking business, okay? <laughs> so yeah, you I love because I, the first question I ask of everybody that I think is cool or un, or maybe not cool is that, do you golf? It reveals your character in the good and the bad. When I was working at the Laugh Factory in the late 90s, there was this guy that I saw all the time. We started talking about golf. We played at Griffith Park because we weren't members anywhere. And he hit his first ball and he duffed it and he chipped the other one, hit it out of bounds. And I said, hey man, just relax, you know. And he looked at me, he goes, why don't you fucking just worry about hitting your ball and I'll worry about hitting mine. I never spoke to that dude <laughs> since then. <laughs> it reveals, yeah. you know. Usually, you know, if somebody, you're in a bad relationship and you, everybody knows, they don't say shit. And then you're living in your car, you're like, hey, man, you looked happy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but in, in golf, they'll just say, pick it up. I mean, yeah. you know, imagine you go to a club, she ain't worried, like, yo, man, pick it up. Let's go. <laughs> just pick it up. It's a gimme. Take her home. Get out of here. Take them home. <laughs> Don't work so hard. Relax. No, yes. man, I appreciate it. You know, you're the first person to pretty much bring the game to me and put the club, clubs in my hands and everything, pretty much. Thank you for that. Well, let's wait to see what becomes of, even when Cat's <laughs> got a second lease of life, you know, I almost died. Now I'm just living my life every second. Nobody plays more golf than this cat right now. Even pros are like, no, I'm about yeah. taking the day off. You know, then my clubs adjusted. He'll get new clubs. He'll come in some new shirt. You turn around, he's got another shirt on. You're like, what the fuck? How do you change fucking shirts? <laughs> it's by hole by hole. But I love people that love golf. It can solve a lot. Golf can solve a lot of a lot of personal issues. And also, you can make friends for life. That's a friend I made for life, friend for life. Appreciate it, man. Um, G, let's start off with uh, what was your first ever golf memory? Wow. I mean, first golf memory, you know, Lee Trevino in 2004, he and I became friends. And, you know, Andy Garcia was like, I can't play with Lee. I would, uh, tomorrow, George is uh, 
Pro-Am in Valencia, and I can't play. Do you want to play? Played with Lee Trevino, and he and I became like family. I mean, really, I mean, just an amazing... I, we look like waiters from the Red Onion, man. We black pants, <laughs> red shirt, black shoes. It's almost like, hey, my margarita. Oh, no, we're playing. Because that was what he wore. And I just said, you know, I'm going to wear black and red. And he wore black and red. We've had almost like the same kind of childhood. No father, you know, that's something. And then just golf has found a way to give him his life and gave him my life. But, you know, he's always trying to embarrass me. We're playing the Bob Hope. He waits till like there's 150 people. He's like, hey, man, George is playing this... Bob Hope tournament. I'm out here, man. I'm trying to teach him five shots that he can go to and hit anytime he's in trouble. He feels he needs a good shot. I'm going to teach him five shots to hit. And that was like 500 people. He said, try to fight. And he hits the five shots. I'm trying to teach him how to roll it over, how to block it, how to hit it down, how to hit it the fairway every time he needs it. Five shots. I said, how many shots do I know? He goes, you don't know any. <laughs> So I'm trying to teach him five shots, just any chance to embarrass me. And, just, and I mean, he taught me five shots I could hit whenever I needed to hit a shot and play. Fucking amazing. That's amazing. Still works. Still works. To carry off that topic right there, I played my first time ever playing golf on a golf course. <laughs> was at your tournament. Yep. Never played, never even, never actually hit a, a, a tee shot like on a golf course. And my question is, you paired me with Lee Trevino and Joe Pesci. Like, were you not worried maybe I ought to fuck something up? Or? You know, he doesn't have the, you know, the time, the time is lost on him. You know, seven practice swings and, you know, <laughs> change his shirt. And you're just waiting around. Nobody wants to say anything. And Joe Pesci's like, who brought this motherfucker? <laughs> He's like, hey, man, let's go, man. Let's go. All right, G. Okay, cool, man. So sorry, man. I just got lost. You know, you know, they love him. They love him. They love him because they, they know him, but they don't know him in, in this world. And it's, it's great to have him playing. It's great to have him playing golf. He hit me yeah. after and was like, dude, I need lessons. I got to get an instructor. <laughs> he said, I got to get lessons. Because George put me with Joe Pesci, and he was just fucking riding me. He said he, said he wanted to drive the cart. And Pesci said, get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't even let him drive. No, 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 no. And then, like, I remember I had, like, a, I don't know, like a 70-yard shot. And Lee Trevino was like, hey, shake the hand. He's, like, showing me how to, like, a chip <laughs> shot. And I was like, hit a shot. And I was like. Fuck, man! I didn't really know what to say to him, you know, because I was like, I didn't even know. I was like, uh, I That's remember how long that motherfucker been playing. They don't, they don't even have lessons. They like shake the, hat, you know, pet. Hey, George, when you hit, pet the cat. You know, <laughs> pet the cat. You know, take the swing through. But as you way through, like remember to pet the cat. Fuck, every ball goes straight. It's got a cut. I mean, right? So like, Joe's going to the cart to grab a club, <laughs> and we have, you know, we had the, it was a scramble, so we had the same shot. So I go to Joe Pesci, and I'm like, I'm looking at him. He's like, What are you looking at? And I was like, What club do you have? And he's, well, I didn't know until after, he, he grabbed a 56 wedge and he kept covering. He goes, what the fuck are you looking for? Don't worry about what I have. And I was like, but I want to see what you're hitting so I can hit the same club. And he goes, don't fucking worry. Go back to the fucking, go get your fucking iron. I was like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, <laughs> this guy, man, he wouldn't let me every hole. But I realized at the end he was so cool, you know? Was, yes, of course. But I mean, you know, Everybody has their own personality when they play, too. And I think when somebody's new, you're like, what the fuck's this guy doing? <laughs> or, or especially, listen, don't show up with no plastic covers on your clubs, oh, man. Oh, man. Yo, right? I, I'm trying to I'm trying to school him like the, the no tour bags, like yeah. for the app for us the amateurs we stand bags maybe a little carry bag. When it's a TV up, show, bro. I, yeah. I, I get it, I get it. But when you pull up to the spot and you got the tour bag, people are, the expectations are a little. And we all know when that happens in golf, the game just yes crumbles. It crumbles. You know, but you're right. If you go with this bag right here, <laughs> you better be good. You got your name also, on the bag. 
<laughs> you got the log. A dude showed up and he had all. He had the little chain that was connected to it, so he wouldn't lose it. Uh, <laughs> I I said, let, me, let me take all the. What are you going? What are you doing? You take them all like in a bouquet of plastic with numbers on them and throw them in the trash. But they're they're better in there than they are here. <laughs> Just got to get a little nicked. Things got to get a little crazy. Yeah, and you know. Are you a gear guy? Are you like, are you a equipment guy? Like, are you changing out all the time? Or are you a tweaker? Like, what's your what's your style? What's your game? You know, I, I move around a little bit more. You know, in that when I was playing the primes in like the two thousands, I was a Titleist dude and the Vokey wedges and stuff and the Scotty Cameron. And then I went to like, you know, I love TaylorMade stuff. You know, the irons is good and the Callaway had some crazy irons. But you know, they're very territorial, man. It's almost like if you're dating somebody. Like, you know. <laughs> They came out with some clubs. TaylorMade came out with some clubs, and I called TaylorMade, and then I was like, hey, man, you know, I'd like to see if I can get, you know, get a set of these clubs. And then they go, hang on a sec, somebody's called Titleist. They're like, hey, man, are you on the phone with TaylorMade? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, because somebody said, they said you called TaylorMade. What said I called to? Why would I call Taylor? I'm with you guys. <laughs> and, I mean, it's like that. You know, you find out if you collect them, then your house looks like a Roger Dunn or Dick Sporting Goods. But, but <laughs> right. It's hard not to want the newest clubs, but sometimes you find the best success in a club that's maybe two or three generations from what people are hitting now. I mean, it just depends. You know, you never know, right? You never know what makes something work. You know, Trevino won the U.S. Open in 71 with a putter he went and got at a, at a sporting goods place that he found that was $50. And then he took it to the hotel room and he said, I, I jumped off the bed and I landed on it from different angles to get it to bend because back then they weren't the trucks you know so he'd lay it down and jump off and land on it look at it and putt it and put it down and turn it and he won and there's a video of him winning that probably looks like it was shot in the 1200s you know now because of the, of the quality but he's kissing this putter just turning all four ways and just kissing this putter and holding it up paying 50 dollars for that for that putter won the u.s open that's incredible so you know it's however the however it feels you know however it feels i think when i think when somebody that's an amateur tries to play with like Blades, yeah, man, trouble, oh, man. Blades is somebody long round that day. What's the sweet spot on them? It's like when they kill like, like in the dime. movies, like Jason Bourne. They put that little red dot. <laughs> is that the sweet? They just I think it's the size of right yeah. on yeah. a blade that the uh, on a blade the sweet spot is is no place. Yeah, yeah. George's you you have one of the better short games I've, I've seen. Correct? Is yeah. it because you need it often or is it because you like it? No, it's because I needed it often. I, cu I couldn't understand the, the idea of being a good driver. So I was never a good driver. But also I learned in this public course in Somar, El Carrizo. And El Carrizo was public. So, you know, there's in a Saturday morning, there's like six groups behind you. And if you took one practice swing, everybody was quiet. And if you took two, they'd come out with the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Hey, man, what the fuck? <laughs> so I play like. I'm on fire, man. I tell you, I hit it and get out of the way, right? I hit it and get it. I've got it down now. I don't even take a practice swing. I just move it here and I get get in there. I mean, it's just when you grow up, play in one of those places where they would just put everybody out because they're making money by getting people out there. Don't nobody was quiet. You know, you'd be in the backswing and somebody would drive by and honk. Bad. You know, nobody <laughs> gave a shit about <laughs> golf etiquette. You know, so I play fast. And at, at Lakeside, Lakeside makes you good at uh, that short game too, hitting those high ones. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think with the short game, you know, I, years ago I played in Van Nuys, you know, that Billingsley place that, you know, right on there. That 
no hole uh, longer than like 110 yards. And this guy had this wedge and he was just doing all this stuff with it like a wizard, man. He'd be like, you're right behind the tree. Yep. And you come out, bloop. And you're just like, man. And this guy's like, I'm like, I'm like, hey, dude, what is, what are you doing? He goes, I, you know, I just don't hit it long enough. So I'm always doing my short game. But I just said, I just became kind of, I could hit it from anywhere. And I thought, I like that. And I just try to hit it from anywhere. You know, big swing yeah. and it just get a soft yeah, that's what he does, that big, big-ass swing oh, and lets it fall. And then a little nice follow-through. But at, at Lakeside, he hits it high up over those bunkers and just yeah. hit and stop. You know, there, there's a feeling that I don't know if you can really kind of, you know, I think when you golf, you know, but whether you feel it the way that maybe somebody needs to feel a little bit more like when you hit a ball solid and it takes off, there's like this energy that goes through, your, through the club and through your hands. And it, I think it ends up like right in here. And when you're watching it, there's this feeling of the satisfaction. Like you can't, and it goes away. Yeah. You know, when you put up a shot and you see it's going in, you know it's going in. And right. and I think when you hit a really beautiful shot and it's taking off and it hits you right here, that's what really golf is about. You mm -hmm. know, that's what golf is. Yeah. That's the addiction for that's sure. The, that's the addiction. Yeah. You know, when I was in um, high school, my baseball coach told me that I was a quitter and that I would always be a quitter and that when things got tough, I quit. And I was just like, bullshit, man. He said, let me see where you end up in life because you know what? When shit gets tough, you pack it in. Let's see where you end up. I'd like to see where you are in 10 years. Pretty nasty, you know? And I started to play golf and when it got tough, I quit. Like after nine, I'd say, man, I'm gonna take off. Where are you going? Nah, I forgot I had to <laughs> go do something. But I really was quitting because it was tough. One time I left and when I got in my car, and uh, I was driving home. It's like in those old movies, you know, you see the face right here. Didn't I tell you that when it gets tough? <laughs> he was mad. You know how they fainted or they fade out? <laughs> and I said, man, I pulled over. I was like, shit, that fucking, he was right. So I was maybe, I was already doing stand-up. I was maybe 19 or 20. And I hadn't seen him in maybe three years. And I went to back to San Fernando High School and waited till baseball practice was over. And I walked over there. And it's the first person in my life that I ever apologized to. I told him, he goes, hey, my third baby, what are you doing here? I said, hey man, I came to tell you, I'm sorry for the way that I acted when I was here. And you were right about me. When things got tough, I quit. I realized what you told me, I realized that you were right. I, just, I, would, I wouldn't be able to go on with my life unless I, because I disrespect you, unless I came back and told you that, you know, thank you. Mm. And he was like, wow, man, that's, that's powerful. For you to come back over here, yeah. So, you know, so golf did that. I really didn't have a lot of, you know, family, extended family, or any family. So golf was became like that. Those members of the family. That amazing. Yeah. So you started playing young. I started playing Christmas of of uh, nineteen eighty one. I went to uh, El Carrizo. My friend Ernie, who passed away last last April, guy that you know I grew up with, and everything that I do in my life, he was the one who who said, you know, let's check out Richard Pryor. Let's go get guitars and try to play. Let's you know, see if you can go do stand-up at the comedy store and let's go golf. I mean, this dude was the guy who had the idea. That I realized I didn't have any fucking ideas growing <laughs> up. And whatever he, the four things that he taught me, I still do. In life, you know, it's a bit of a one or the other. Like, you know, what it's cost me in personal relationships because of, of being unable to connect to people, golf made me connect to something that I, would, I could connect to other people with through golf and not necessarily through a relationship or trying to, you know, how to keep someone entertained or how to keep a friendship going. It was easier to have it revolve around golf. Like I've seen, we've seen each mm -hmm. other for over 10 years. We've been friends for 
eight or eight. so. So all of the guys, the Tribuno and I still st still talk, and all the guys that I still hang out with is because of golf. I'm not sure if it w if golf wasn't there that I would I would yeah. be where I am today. I'm like when I saw you, it's like you can immediately talk about golf. Man, it's plenty to talk about. Yeah, and your son, you know, your son is turning into a player. I used to see him when he was a, when he was a kid, yeah. he was a baby, yeah. you know. And now you see him play, and my little dude could play, you know. Because yeah. when I had my talk show, I, you know, I gave Justin Bieber a, a putter, I got Kobe a putter. I gave guys that I knew that loved golf. Shakira, I gave her a putter. Probably used it to chase her ex husband out of the house. <laughs> but but uh, it just became like I just became and gave these things to people that I that I liked, you know. Damn, my first uh, my first golf gift to you was my putter, my tailor made Ben oh, Ball putter. Amazing. That's crazy. Um, I'm trying to get that black diamond out. I'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> how often uh, how often are you playing golf these days, man? Well, I'm going to tell you, man, in the er in the mid-80s when I was just doing stand-up, you travel, you're flying coach, I was leaving Dallas and in one of those like uh, Southwest folders, there was uh, this golf course in Europe, uh, Old Head, that has been there forever in Ireland. It looks like it was hanging off the earth. I mean, the seventh hole of Pebble over there, okay. But this is a whole golf course on a two-mile peninsula that looks like it's in the middle of the ocean. Tore, you know, Chicano tore the page out of the, the you know, the magazine. Of course, you tear it out, you know. For you keep it and you leave the rest of the magazine there. People are trying to read it. All of a sudden, it goes from page 70 to, you know, to 80. What happened to the other pages? I kept it in my wallet for years. I just became a member um, last week. I joined, oh, though. I joined all head. Congrats. Perfect. I played there three years ago. I loved it. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna join. So I became a I became a member. Oh, that's dope. I mean, that's how much I love I love golf, but also love what it's done for me personally, like what it's made me become. Yeah. I've What's, seen some funny shit too, but I mean it's done, you know. <laughs> this dude we're playing with the Chicano dudes over the lake said you take these guys from the hood and you're like, hey man, this guy's gonna hit. He goes, No, I'm good. I'll get out of the way. And, you know, he said, I would get out of the way, knock down this this guy, knock down a utility. We didn't even get a chance to say his name. Yeah. And he turned around and like an uncommon valor, like with, or, or Tropic Thunder, any any war movie where the dude gets hit in the back and he's like, ah, <laughs> they drop to their knees and their hands go up. Oh, this dude, man, like he was shot, <laughs> fell to his knees, went like that, and then fell for like a domino fell forward, like right in the middle of the back. So, you know, in, in golf, it's never funny when somebody gets hit. But if, listen, if they're not paying attention, yeah. it's funny as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, like in your entire memory, do you have a golf shot that was like the most memorable, the most most favorite shot you've had in, in you know, in a round? I, I had a hole in one at Lakeside when I played with Ray Allen, mm. uh, with Ray Allen. Uh, 195, part three, horrible hole. I don't like it. Least favorite. Yeah. Hit was a pxg hit landed one went in and then uh it was paul pierce's retirement jersey jersey ceremony in boston but ray wasn't invited i think ray and the celtics so he didn't go but it made it look like he was golfing instead of being at paul pierce's <laughs> uh, ceremony yeah. but he wasn't invited so they're like oh man he's out there playing golf with george lopez and he's not here yeah. in the ceremony had nothing to do with it and i'm like he wasn't invited you know now i'm, <laughs> also, I'm the, the, the 12th man you know hey he's not invited and then i think I chipped in in 2004 Pebble Beach to make the cut on on 15. Mm. Kind of went on this par thing and made the cut by one because I was chipping in from everywhere. That that's that good that's unbelievable. Man. You don't you don't even yeah. know wh where that comes from. You know, 
It's amazing how it does that, right? It's like gambling, man. You're hot. You get hot. <laughs> and you don't, you don't, Jesper, I used to play with Jesper Parnovic and I went on this, like I got 12 strokes to my ball on the thing and, and he comes over to me, he goes, what are you hitting? And I said, a five iron. He goes, are you kidding me? I said, go over there and fucking hit your ball. Let me just hit mine. So I was, you know, I, I didn't really hit it far, so I would always take extra club. But he was like, fucking five iron. It's 540 yards. Go back over there, man. Fucking worry about it. <laughs> and I chunk it, but it hits the front and it's going, it's already going forward. So w when I chunk it, it hits, but releases and probably ends up like that. Nobody knows what the number is. You know, I always cover the number, you know. Yeah. What was that? Nine nine. It's like fucking taking the limousine to fucking drive down the street, man. It's like that's way too much. I just went on this thing, man, where I just couldn't I couldn't miss. I couldn't miss. Doesn't that's happen cool. a lot, but when it does happen, it's it's just like it's the best be, being the hottest gambler in the world, man. Damn, sure, you know? man. That's I didn't you never told me the story about the ace. That's crazy. That's yeah. I mean, you know, go to play at St. Andrews, you know, and you know, playing with Trevino is always is always fun. We play in the desert, you know. He stays stays at my house. I have a house in La Quinta, and I have this Mini Cooper. And he's he gets out. He's like, man, this is George Lopez, uh, Mexican Bentley, you know, <laughs> the Mini Cooper. <laughs> so you know, I have it out there. You know, you know when you have cars, you know, you don't really let anybody mess with your cars, you know. Right. So there's all little Mini Cooper, gray racing stripe, black rims, little orange calipers. You know, it's just nobody drives it. He goes, hey man, I'm driving that car, man. Woo, that thing's fast, man. It's little and it's fast. <laughs> I go over there, man. All four rims are fucking rashed from oh, the curbs, man. Damn. <laughs> he drives like it's a golf cart. <laughs> He's driving like it's a golf cart. <laughs> Coming around the corner. <laughs> man, where's that driveway? Man, it's, it's 20 feet up. <laughs> all rashed. <laughs> you almost have to make it like part of the design. We're like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> how it's black. <laughs> how it's black it. in the middle. And then like really shiny, kind of jagged on the outside. Yeah, man. You know, <laughs> they make these in Europe. You know? <laughs> I mean, I don't play with my cars. You know, I don't fuck no. around, dog. Like, and then, you know, he calls you up one time and he goes, hey, man, what's this chocolate you have in there, man? Who makes it? I said, don't eat that don't shit, man. It's all weed. <laughs> I said, hey, yo. He goes, really? He goes, hey, mama, don't eat that. The other hall, don't eat that. He said, man, I was outside naked, man. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? I'm watering the grass naked. I said, naked? <laughs> but my wife was like, Lee, you don't have any clothes on. What? <laughs> but I mean, you can't, I mean, before weed looked like weed, you pick it up, you're like, oh, man, who's is this? But then you pick up a lollipop, you know. We let, we, this dude was eating some wheat checks at my house, and he's just like, hey, what? What's in that? It is too oh, man. What's in that? You're like, what you doing with your hands? I don't know. What? What's in that? And this dude, this dude's eating these scones. This guy's like sitting there, five thirty in the morning. I go, what you doing up so soon, man? He's like, I, man, these. This Scotty, I had a, I had a dog I, was, I, I rescued for like two days. He fucking bit me, but I bought all the food. That motherfucker was dipping uh, pumpkin bread uh, dog treats into a cup of coffee. <laughs> His leg crossed all cool like this. He's like, man, they, take your time, man. I'm just dumping these little little dog treats in fucking coffee and, and just enjoying that. Mmm. Ah, oh, you know how it sticks in your head. Oh. 
Oh yeah, break. Motherfucker, I said, take a, I said, I said, take a look. I said, take a look at that fucking bag. There's a dog on the fucking bag, man. Oh, I said, we got to take a, a fucking dog. He's all fucking. Nah, this is some cool. This Damn. is some. This is some good treats right here. Fucking dog on the bag. Who makes this? With the hands on. Who makes this? <laughs> fucking hands. Crazy shit, huh? Just who, who makes this? Yeah, who? Hey, man, you all right? Who makes this? Oh, fuck. My stomach hurts, bro. Oh, my God. Oh, sorry, man. Hey, man, stop doing that. What? Stop doing what? I got a cramp in my stomach, bro. Weed and golf. That's why we do that We do that tournament, uh, the, the brownie cup. Oh, With me, me, Cheadle, um, Anthony... And um, um, Cedric, where you play nine holes sober and then you eat uh, a, a marijuana brownie and a double cranberry uh, and vodka. <laughs> so you count every shot. So the first nine, you're sober. So you, that's where you got to stock, stock, you know, <laughs> you hey man, par, par, as I save them, <laughs> you're going to need them on the back. <laughs> Cheeto. It's the only tournament that Don Cheeto could win with a nine and win by three. Yeah. He hit three balls in the water. I mean, you get so high. Cheech, Cheech, Cheech played with that. Like, God damn. God damn. He hit seven into the same fucking tree <laughs> at Madison. Seven. He's like, how much is that? And, so just like, and you have to count them all because somebody could hit fucking nine into a fucking tree that still might win. Oh, man. And, uh, the greatest is where we're playing, and it's, it's kind of getting to the, you know, to the end of it. You know, I'm leading by one, and, and I'm hitting this ball, and I said, "Hey, did anybody see where it went?" <laughs> and they were all in the middle of the fairway. He goes, "Yeah, I think, I think." And Cheech is like, "Man, I saw it, man. It was like right there, it's like right here, and there." <laughs> and everybody's looking for at least twenty minutes. I put my hand in my pocket. I go, "Hey, man, I didn't hit, man." <laughs> <laughs> I still had the ball in my hand. I was like, hey, I, I fucking, I didn't hit. <laughs> I didn't remember that. And they're all like, I saw it. Fucking, <laughs> fucking, I didn't hit. I just knew. Oh, man, oh, that, man. I mean, you know, if anybody ever wants to do one turn, I mean, the skins were great to watch back in the day. Yeah. I think Thanksgiving weekend, you do the brownie cut, play nine sober, you play nine, nine high. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Oh, man. I like that. <laughs> but I mean, that, I mean that's oh, what man. golf, I mean, you're not going to be able to laugh that hard, man. You know, golf's amazing. And that's what golf. That's yeah. what golf brings to you. Such a great. Sport. You know, speaking of the the tournaments, right? You got your 16th annual George Lopez yeah. Classic. What made you want to start the tournament? You know. And well, you know, I had a kidney transplant in 2005, and I really didn't want to. I remember I told my doctor, I said, "Hey, man, I don't want to be the poster boy for kidney disease. I just want to." I was about doing my first show. I was like, "I just want to get well, go back to work." And then uh, I've been sick most of my life, so. A day, literally a day and a half after my kidney transplant, I woke up in the morning and I was like, man, I, I feel really good. Like maybe the best I've ever felt in my life. And at that at that point, I thought to to get a transplant and to feel good and then turn your back on people who are sick would be would be horrible. So I decided to uh, do the foundation and raise money for the kids. We raised m millions of dollars to for kids who have kidney disease and military families and people. But but that's what I decided to do because I just felt. I still feel great, man. It's almost 18 years. I mean, nobody, Damn, bro. nobody survives that long. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I played a lot of tournaments. Like, who, a lot of who does? Tournaments. Who makes this? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, you know, yeah. So the so I mean, it's a great tournament, and 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 you know, it's just always so much fun. No, I'm invited this year, right? Yes, <laughs> you all are. 
You know what's crazy is like on hole seven, there's literally, you know, there's tents on every hole of a celebrity tournament. Hole seven, there's literally a table filled with blunts. And I'm like, God damn. And then at the turn, there's the bar, there's tacos, there's a DJ. Like I've never experienced, because he has a car with playing music and everything as loud as hell. Says, I've been to a lot of tournaments. I've never been anything like that before, man. You know, when I was doing my talk show, it lasted two years. It was, it was, ama it was amazing. I mean, we did a lot of great things. And then, you know, I was driving the car one time after when it was over, and I said, man, how does a show like that not, you know, continue? You know, Snoop was on, and everybody smoked weed. You know, Snoop says, gets there early with his guys, and he gives his Raider, his Laker uh, outfit, you know, the pants that he wears and the, and the long, you know, like a player's outfit. And he gives it to Wardrobe, and he asks the Wardrobe girl if she could steam it for him. So, you know, this, he wears, so she's steaming a man and this weed smell is coming out of it. You know, she's like this and she's steaming it. They go into wardrobe and they find her like the Statue of Liberty, man, on her back, <laughs> holding the steamer with steam coming out of it like this. Like if the Statue of Liberty fell over and she was like this and steam was coming out of it, she, she, she passed out from steaming Snoop's uh, clothes because the smell of the weed was coming out. Damn. And then, you know, Snoop stayed there, I think it was like 1.30 in the morning, the phone rings, I'm like, hello? And they're like, hi, Mr. Lopez, this is uh, Officer uh, Schultz at, at Stage 29, Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah, what's going on? Uh, Snoop and his entourage are <laughs> still in there. Apparently, it still smells of marijuana. I'm not sure what you want us to do. I said, go home. Just pretend you, we never <laughs> talked. <laughs> I said, go home. I said, go home, man. They're, they're going to leave. Go. I said, go, go home. Just don't look back. Just get in your car. <laughs> be right. I mean, we did some crazy shit in there. That's part of it. Leave. I mean, you know. What is your absolute favorite club in your golf bag? I, I got a, a Adams uh, a utility, um, like a, a hybrid in Pebble a long, long time ago. And it has, you know, you, you guys know this because it has the worn sweet spot in the middle. And yeah. I don't know, man. Whoever made it, however they made it, I could hit that thing so good all of the, all the time. And I I take it. I don't I don't have it in the bag all the time. But if I'm playing and it means something, I take that thing because mm -hmm. just it just works. You know that it just the works. One, man. Yeah. It just works. Yeah, for sure. So if there was one part of your game right now that you can make on a PGA Pro level, what would it be? I would say uh, any anywhere in from 100 yards, right? It's he hits good. those half pitch shots. Little forty yard, thirty yeah, yard, fifty mm. yard. I heard Tom Watson. They asked him once. They said, "You know that is the hardest shot in golf, right?" So they said to Tom Watson, "They said, what do you do when you get a forty-five yard shot?" And he said, "I fire my caddy because it's yep. like it's the hardest go. shot, and it's that's what he shot. is. Money. Mm. I mean, that's the you're natural at that. That's yeah, like because even you see even the tour guys like, you know, that's the shot you could hit." 45 yards or you could hit it two yards Ooh. or you could hit it 100 yards right, right? you blade it it's going 100 yeah. you lose the ball you could chunk it a foot or two but he just talking walks up no practice swings keeps talking and hits it and does this high follow through holds that shit and it goes high and it just hits and stops it's beautiful yeah you that's sent me a pick it one time you had the high hands I oh yeah like a, a short shot it was you know was you know beautiful. this this is golf man like like when i was playing the at&t it's, it's like every hole is you, you might have a hole that you just can't can't do well on you know the um Man. six at pebble that would you had to hit the second shot above that <laughs> it's hard the, it's hard and mm -hmm. i would hit great drives 
And I would say, I'm 185, I'm going to do it. And I would hit it right into the face of, oh, yeah. of that thing. And then cliff. I have to walk up there and you yeah. cliff and just have to go up there. The last at and I played in, I got up. I was maybe 85 yards and I sculled it <laughs> and it went past all the people that got in the, you know, in the back of the, uh, or the green people moved out of the way. And the whole time I'm telling Mike Collins, that guy from ESPN, I'm saying, man, it's horrible, man. Paralyzed with my hands playing this kind of thing. Just like paralyzed. I hit in the middle. <laughs> get this far. Paralyzed. And the next was a flop and I hit it up and it, and it went in. And it's like, that's golf where you could literally yeah. be walking with the guy and just saying, fucking, I'm paralyzed with my fucking hands, man. What the fuck, I fucking hit you right there, paralyzed. And the next one you hit in the air, it lands and it rolls in, man. It just, that's, Full that's what shot, it is. Sure. Yeah. It's like life, man. Like, you know, I looked at it like, you know, if you got in trouble, get out of trouble. Like if I hit it where I was in trouble, the guys are looking at, they get, they're trying to make some incredible thing happen that's not going to happen. You know, they think it might happen. But in reality, if you're in, I would always say, if you're in trouble, man, get out of trouble mm -hmm. and just get it to the middle, play to the middle. If that things, even before I took lessons and things were really bad, if we were all shitty, I said, I tell these dudes, just play it to the middle, man. Just hit it to the middle of the fairway. Then you'll, it'll work itself out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's true, man. Um, you played a lot of pro-ams, right? Like yes. you played, who would you say was like uh, your, your favorite tour pro that you played with? You got a crazy story about that? I played with some great ones, man. I played uh, with BJ uh, at the Waste Management in Phoenix, and I was hungover from going to a Laker game, and I thought I looked pretty good. Took a private jet over there, went landed on the first tee. Looks at me, goes, "You all right?" Fucking knew I was hungover. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knew. Had these great pants on, great sweater. I looked amazing, man. Hat backwards with some sunglasses. Walks up, "You all right?" I said, "You know." He goes, "Yeah." No. Uh, Mike Weir was awesome. Uh, I played with uh, man. I played with Jack Nicholas. It, oh, uh, in Kentucky, yeah. So mm. I played, you know, with Nick Faldo, who's great. I mean, and I played at the Sunday at the Masters. You know, Trevor Immelman took me wow. and uh, Mike Weir took me. Mm. It were the Sunday a past champion can can um, bring a guest the Sunday before the Masters. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you see Augusta, you know where it is. In Georgia, and this is, it says, Augusta National welcomes uh, George Lopez on the thing. I said, I thought this, I thought this place was racist, <laughs> and I didn't see the lady behind the counter right there. So like, oh. <laughs> Apparently, I'm racist, but this place is fine. <laughs> and then you know, we stayed overnight one time, and they have a picture of Clifford, you know, the the, the, the first chairman of uh, Augusta. And he's hanging over this fireplace, and he, you know, it's like some old white man like this. And they said the guy says, the guy says, look at the eyes. If you move around the room, they follow you. I go. Yes, they follow us, but do they follow him? <laughs> you know. So I, I think for, for my style of comedy, I think, you know, the South is the perfect place. Yeah, you can go <laughs> to, to town down there. To make fun, uh, to make fun of it, you know. Right. You know, we were in, we were, uh, Trevor Immelman and I were in the Champions Locker Room, the first Masters that Tiger get, went back to after his, his issues, right? So Tiger's a really strange cat, man, like, around the t tournament stuff, you know, because he's been, you know, he's that guy. And he walks in and he just, you know, hey, Trev. And he just immediately goes into the bathroom. Like he walks like this, hey, Trev, and just goes into the bathroom. <laughs> and he goes, hey, let's go. I said, what do you mean? He goes, he's not going to leave. He's not going to, he won't get out of the bathroom until we leave. I said, get the fuck out. He goes, no, no, he'll stay in there until we leave. <laughs> I said, get the fuck. He goes, 
And uh, I said, let's just stay. He goes, no, 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 let's go. And I think it was true. I think Tiger would have stayed in there. If we would have stayed in there for hours, <laughs> I think he would have stayed in there. <laughs> Damn. I mean, awkward, man, around. Like, that, that's their whole, I mean, you know, yeah. around the court, that's your domain. But then 100%. some cat you see that's a comedian, you know, you're just like, oh, shit, he's not one. Of, he's not a champion. What's he doing in here? You know, mm -hmm. hey. You know, it's like odd. cats are odd, man. Yeah, yeah. dudes yeah. are odd. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't know if odd helps or it hurts, but whatever, if you're odd and you're really odd, then it might work. But if you just have quirks, that that won't make you, you know, a champion. Like, you know, Bo Weekly, Boo Weekly, or those cats that, you know, are just so different in any sport. Right. Sometimes it's real and sometimes it's just that these cats are just. You need to be extra quirky to work, extra odd. It's yeah. a, it's like a rain man. Yeah, it totally is. That's what I wanted be. to ask you, because especially like with, with, with a podcast like this, black guy, Asian guy, white yeah, guy, yeah. obviously Latino. Did you did you face anything like that in golf? Uh wow, that's an interesting question. You know, I I I think so. I think I think the Bob Hope was a little bit in, uh, in times past. Like when they made me the host, you know, uh, I brought Sam Jackson, I brought Clint Eastwood, I brought Ray Romano, I brought all these Jimmy Kimmel, all those guys, and I don't think that they wanted it to be that far from their hands. Like, also, they didn't bring anybody, I did. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they wanted to be um, in, a, in a tournament where I would do things without asking them. And it made the tournament better, but not for them. Mm -hmm. And they're the establishment. They're the guys, they're the Bob Hope, you know, board. And right. they would decide who came and who didn't come. And then now I was doing it and they decided to bounce me. Mm. And I think it bounced, I think it, it destroyed the tournament. I think it it destroyed something that the players love to do and that was reigniting from the Bob Hope kind of had died a little bit, reignited. I mean, I got in and out to go to the driving range in 2007, an in and out truck to go to the driving range at the Bob Hope. And there was a European guy and I see he was eating like some, you know, stuff you'd never see, you know, Vegemite or some shit. I said, hey man, put that shit down and go out there and, and get yourself a double-double. He's like, what, 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 he's what? I said, a double-double, that one comes by, he's like three of them. He got one under his chin, he got two of his, <laughs> you know, he's like, yeah, it's like uh, in and out to people who have had it, they love it if you love it, but if you've never had it and you have it on a, on a, on a driving range at a PGA tournament, that's different. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I think, I think golf has always kind of, been maybe a boutique type sport that tried to get bigger, but I think it's, but I think they're kind of confined a little bit in the, in the, in the rules. I mean, the rules are, are, are hundreds of years old, but I think sometimes the thought of people can be, can be backward as well. I don't think it helps. I don't think that helps yeah. golf serves it well. It I mean, like to follow up, like what he's saying, right? Like JR, the better I get to know him. And that's like, this is my dog right here. And we have similar, you know, interests and things yeah. like that. And, uh, just from the short amount of time of playing golf with him, I noticed he's a big advocate for, you know, bringing color into, into the sport and everything. And I'm obviously going to back him for, for 100%. But, like, yes. how do you feel about that, like, growing the game? Like, especially, like, the way, you know, like, us three, we're, 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 how do you feel about the, the, the game of golf growing, you know, as you far know, as outside the, the stigma? Yeah, no, I, I love it, man. I mean, I've seen, you know, I've seen it. I've been around it for a, a long time as a fan, but also... I, uh, it is more, it is more colorful and, you know, Steven's, Steven's done an amazing job of bringing style to golf and things that, you know, are things that you see that you would see in, in fashion and want, you know, that's what, you know, just head covers and things that, 
that would entice somebody that's young to play, you know, that you look cool playing golf, wear your hat backwards, hats bigger, brims flat, you know, sweater, gloves, shoes, all that stuff is, is you're going to bring the game along. You, you're going to doing that helps it. But I think any, any sport, especially something that's worldwide like golf can only thrive if, if, if it, if it allows everybody to play and, and wants everybody to be comfortable playing. Yeah, that's cool, man. Cause like, yeah. He when they when they talked about him going pro, you know, playing college golf and everything, I didn't see any hate anywhere. Steven, all good. As soon as I just started to play golf at 49, I, I'm like, I'm an old. Why can't I play golf? People hate it. Just it was crazy, and I don't think it was because. What Asian. is it though? Like they just even me. Like when I started the brand, I used to, so I only knew like two people who played golf in L.A. When I lived in L.A., it was Eric Carlson and Malto, the two skateboarder homies that you know, you know, yep. you guys know as well. But yep. <clears throat> when I would ask my friends, and I came from New York City, and you know, uh, publishing, marketing, advertising, creative, entertainment, weirdo shit, and then I come out here, and all my friends are people like you, and you know, streetwear and fashion and skateboarding shit, and I'd say to people, "Hey, do you want to go golfing on Wednesday?" But I wouldn't get a no; I'd get a hell no, just a deep down like yeah. no. Like, why would you even ask me that? Like a disgust of weirdo. <laughs> yeah, right. like, I think they were disgusted. Right. And I lived in New York for 10, 12 years. Like, I didn't go off once. I didn't even tell anybody. Mm -hmm. Doing creative projects with, like, Lenny Kravitz and thinking of, you know, we were in the Bahamas doing a project with him, and next door was, like, uh, a famous golf course. So I knew what was next door, and I was thinking, damn, I want to go over there and play that course. But I was thinking, like, what is this dude going to say when I say I'm leaving you for five hours right. to go be with those people? on the golf course yeah. and then i gotta come back he's gonna have to hate me after such a thing you know and <laughs> yeah. that's literally right. like where it was you know 10 years ago and i think it's getting better but like you said like the establishment is it's like we want this we want this we want this and then sometimes they say ah just kidding let's go play yeah right it's like just just us four in in uh the mid 90s i played at handsome dam with uh oj simpson and uh he plays her a lot, man. Still. No, of course. I, I ever said to him, I ever said, first thing I said to him was, you ever think you'd be in the situation you'd be playing with Mexicans? Because he was a member at Riviera uh, after. <laughs> and he was like, he got deep in thought. He goes, no. <laughs> Just never looked at me. <laughs> you ever think you'd end up playing golf with all these Mexicans? I, no. <laughs> uh, and so everybody's kind of like, you know, uh, uh, you know, because he's got this big barrel swing, you know, you know, kind of, quirky you know and uh and you know i'm just like biting my tongue and then you know on 18 he comes across it and hits it yanks it left and there's a and when you drive into handsome down there's just like this hedge there and you see it rolling around over there and, and everybody's looking and he juices he's like did anybody see where that went and i said i, I, I the guy's like i think i saw it can i play it i said hey well look at the good side you know you're not in jail you know <laughs> <laughs> I think he owed me like $12. And I said, do I have to give any of it to Fred Goldman? And the motherfucker <laughs> said, fuck Fred Goldman. Alleged. Alleged. Sorry. <laughs> I've been around a long time, man. I've been around a long time. And when I found out you guys were doing this, I mean, I love you guys. And I think it's, I think this, I think, you're talking about color and golf, I think this podcast is perfect. And it's exactly what, with the, with the social media at, at the, at the height of where it is, I think this is a, a great way to get the game out to people and, have, and talk about it in a fun way. Appreciate it. Yo, man, I appreciate it. Uh, last question, man. Who is your dream foursome? My dream foursome? Alive? alive? 
Dead or Either alive. Um, man, you know, I would have played with Elvis Presley for pharmaceuticals. You know, I used to play <laughs> with Eddie Van Halen, who I love deeply. And uh, I never knew my dad. I think I'd maybe play with my dad. Try to hit him in the back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God! Yeah, yeah. I, you know what, man? I, I have had the honor of playing with some great people, but also cats that I play with just on the regular man are always fun like you. And, you know, it's always supposed to be it's just fun anyways, man. Yeah, for sure. You know, I never played Twilight before until with you. That was man. like, that was amazing. Hitting the 18th hole, then it was dark, like right there. I love, that's my favorite time to play. Oh, absolutely. Man, you play early. You man, know, the great thing about Lakeside is, though, like, like we're pulling up 16th or 17th hole, and we're going on the crossing right there, and Nick Jonas and Miles Teller are still trying. They're not going to finish 18, not, not in the dark. And we're about to, you know, it's getting dark now. And it was just, it was just cool. Just every time I play with them, there's always a dope vibe there. There's always somebody. Even when I pulled up, I was going to the, the, the range. And um, I can't say the word because it's a word, a cancel culture word. But I was walking to the range, and I was like, oh, I'm here with G-Lo. And the guy's like, yeah, we, good. we know you, Ben Ball. It's all good. And the guy's like, I don't know you. And won't say the <laughs> word. And I looked over, and it was Joe, Joe, it was. Joe Pesci and I was like oh what's up and then he didn't even he like just walked away I was like fuck man this guy dude <laughs> hey uh you know Jack Nicholson used to be a member uh there he, you know he he left and him and Joe Pesci got into it on on nine because Billy Andre the, the pro went to give Jack a tip and he because he was hitting it right and, and and he says I think I can help Jack you know Billy had just gotten there and Joe's like yeah I can tell him matter of fact and he's like yeah yeah I think I got a tip for you and then Jack's like yeah 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 everybody's got a tip for Jack well I got a tip for you buddy you can take your tip and shove it up your fucking ass and his eyes go like this and then he walks back and Joe Pesci goes what's the matter what do you say he goes no no nothing because what do you say because told me to shove my tip up my ass and Joe Pesci jumps out and he goes hey you motherfucker this is my friend you prick I don't care who it is now you got, you got now you got both those dudes arguing I'm not gonna debate it you motherfucker you say you're sorry I'm not gonna talk about it anymore you know like like a movie <laughs> all because a dude shanked it right I mean it's amazing it's awesome. Uh, thank you, you for coming, man. Yeah, man thank, thank you so you much, George. Appreciate Anytime. It. Really appreciate it, man. I love you guys, man. Good luck. Guys, amazing episode, man. You know, I'm Ben Baller. R. Smith, excuse me. <laughs> I know. Steven I, I, I see y'all. And the legend, George Lopez, part three. Catch you on the next one. <laughs>